I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Dope Black Woman. So I was on the Dope Black Woman Instagram account the other day doing what I was doing and we got a message come through from an account called Black Broke and Anxious Podcast. And I was like, okay, (laughs) this sounds interesting. Who is this? What's going on? And the bio said the Black Broke and Anxious Podcast has been created by June Ann to raise awareness about polycystic ovarian syndrome and its effects. And I saw this message and the person was talking about how passionate they are about talking about PCOS. And I was like, do you know what? This is actually something that I've struggled with myself. Um, I haven't actually got PCOS. We'll come on to that a bit later. But I just thought it would be a really important conversation for us to have on the podcast. And it actually is Polycystic Ovarian Syndrome Awareness Month this month. So it's a great time. So welcome, June. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah, it sounds very interesting when you see the name of my podcast, isn't it? <laughs> no, it does. I was like black, broke, and I was like first of all, I don't. Who calls himself broke? You're low wealth. You're not broke. You are low wealth. That was my first thought, actually. Yeah, we don't use those words, baby. <laughs> that actually makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, low wealth, low wealth. Um, but how are you? How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Happy PCOS Awareness Month or PCOS Awareness Month. Yeah, so I thought your platform would be a good platform to talk about PCOS just because I want to raise awareness amongst black women, especially. Um, As it says in my bio, it's one in ten. Um, Apparently now it might go to one in five. And there's people out there living with these symptoms and not knowing that they've got it. And I just think, I think, we need to raise awareness amongst um, our brothers and sisters, our sisters out there just because PCOS leads on to way more serious things. And so the initial, um, because it's so aloof and there's not a lot of research behind it, it's kind of underground. Not a lot of people know about it. And I think when I start to describe symptoms, I'm hoping that people out there that listen that are listening will be like, oh, that's like me, I maybe I should go to my doctor and have a conversation and start something. So that's what I'm hoping to get from me talking about my symptoms and telling my story on my podcast. Yeah, exactly. And we'll, and we'll, we'll come we'll come more into that as well. But something that we always ask all of our guests, um, no matter the topic, we always start the interview with, what makes you a dope black woman? What makes me a dope black woman? I think... I can't answer that. I couldn't answer that question, like, literally, let's say, a year and a half ago. But now what makes me a dope black woman is, it sounds really cliche, but my strength. 
like my strength and resilience um because uh, I've come from a history of uh, mental health and depression and anxiety and to come through that like to where I am today from where I was this time maybe last year I definitely think it's strength and resilience that makes me a dope black woman mm-hmm. when you say that it's interesting actually because I think this idea of a black woman being strong is something that I find hard to navigate. It's something that I think it's, I think it's almost like a label that I'm almost trying to shake. Do you mm. get what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I feel like no one's ever told me to be strong mm. and I don't feel like I've ever been expected to be strong. Mm. But I feel like when you when I asked my friends the other day on my birthday, like of key words, like what, what, what words did you use to describe me? A lot of them said the word resilience. And it's like, I love it because yes, I am a resilient, a resilient person. But recently I'm just like, sometimes I, just, I don't want to be that strong person. Like sometimes, yeah. I, oh, yeah. not that I don't want to be it, but I don't want the expectation that I have to be strong. Like sometimes sure. I want to mm-hmm. be allowed to be soft, allowed to be delicate, not have to carry yeah. the load of everyone. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Like, do you ever experience that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I would say sometimes, like if someone was to describe me, it wouldn't be strength. And I and I and I don't want people to describe me like that because then he has the narrative. Oh, I'm a strong black woman. I can take anything. Oh no, no, no. I can't take everything. Like sometimes I cry. Sometimes I really don't feel like getting out of bed. Like, um, what's it called? Multifaceted. <laughs> because yes, and that's what I'm... we preach on this platform. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like I don't want to be known as oh I'm the strong black woman or the cliche that everyone possesses black women to be but um I will say from seeing from what I was before to now in the space of a year and a bit I would say strength that makes me strong because I've actually come through a, a difficult time and um yeah that's yeah, that's what I would say and obviously we're talking about um PCOS so again that's polycystic ovarian syndrome and with that, I just wanted to ask you, what, what what age did you get diagnosed? When we spoke before, was it 17 that you said? Yeah, so 17, I was diagnosed at, um, I was basically having really sharp pains in my ovaries around ovulation time. Um, and I thought, mm, this doesn't seem normal, but I've had these pains for ages, like ever since I started puberty, so when I was like 11, but I thought when I got to the age of like 17, I thought, okay, maybe I should look into this. So I went to um, my doctors and I basically said, having these pains, I went to Dr. Google. Dr. Google says ovulation pains. Um, but can we please check this out? She said, okay, yeah, it may be ovulation pains. Let's go check it out. So I went, I was sent off for a ultrasound. I had... Um, vaginal ultrasound and that was shocking because I never <laughs> I didn't know that those, those kind of ultrasounds existed at that time and uh he said everything was okay and um, I'm free to go and I was like oh great laughing nothing to worry about then I got a call from my doctor and my doctor's like yeah your um blood results and your ovaries show that you have polycystic ovarian syndrome um Basically, what my doctor said is, you may not be able to have children, um, but we won't know until you start trying. So come back to me when you're ready to have children. <laughs> That's so useful. <laughs> uh, well, thanks. Because I'm not being funny. I'm 17, ready to go to uni. 
ready to live my best life. I'm not ready to have children. So how did it feel hearing that? Because for me, I would be like, because obviously it's useful to know from young because then you can like make precautions, make necessary steps. You might think about saving early to freeze eggs. You might think about lots of different op- options and routes if like having children is something you really want to do, yeah? Mm. So I do think there's a positive to it. But I also think for me, whether or not I'd even decided whether I, whether I wanted to have kids or not, it would instill a lot of fear and anxiety and worry in me. That's almost like oh, yeah. beyond my control because I'm not, I'm not able to try out now because I'm only 17. So what was it like for you? I cried. <laughs> I cried because it's like, like you said, it's the fear of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen in the future and I can't control what's happening in the future. And I guess the way that the doctor explained to me is that, um, well, you're having regular periods, um, so I'm not going to put you on, on any contraception, um, but your weight just may fluctuate, so just keep an eye on your weight. So, and I was given a pamphlet, like a leaflet and sent on my way. And I think I felt, I felt fearful. If I'm being honest, I felt really fearful. And although I wasn't ready to have kids, like I said, I was 17. um, I was just like, yeah, it's just the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of not knowing what's going to happen in the future. And it's the fear of knowing, well, at that time, I kind of, it kind of did pop up in my head, but it's the fear of having relationships and maybe um, marriage and then having to have to explain to you, to your partner, oh, I might not be able to have children naturally or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, it was fear, fear of the unknown was the main thing that ran through my mind at that time. So I think also it was the fact that because the doctor said, I'm having regular periods and the way that she's described PCOS to me is more of a gynecological condition. Sometimes in my, at that time, things will pop in my mind to kind of reason with myself to say, well, well, if I'm having regular periods, then maybe I don't have PCOS or PCOS. Maybe that it's just, like I'm putting, denial comes through. So denial comes through. Um, And... For years, from the age of 17, and now like 32, uh, I have been dealing with a range of symptoms, not knowing that it all derives from PCOS. And um, it's only until like, what, lockdown, basically, I was off from work. I had been signed off for anxiety and depression. And I came across a page on Instagram um, talking about PCOS and I had never seen PCOS on social media I had never seen PCOS in the media anyway so when I saw this I was just really shocked to find that all these symptoms a range of symptoms that I had been dealing with all came from PCOS and all and it wasn't my fault kind of way I kind of felt I was saying this to my therapist I kind of felt some sort of peace yeah, I know I know exactly what, what that feels like. Yeah. I got a mental health diagnosis done the other day. Mm. And after I got my um, diagnosis done, I literally cried for ages. And the, the, the guy was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. But it's just, it feels like such a weight's been yeah. taken off my shoulder yeah. because now everything makes sense. And I think a lot yeah. of people don't realise that sometimes whilst being attached to certain labels can contribute to um, a range of issues, sometimes it is actually really useful to just be like, okay, cool, this is because of that and that's because of this and this is how I can control these things. Yeah, and so now I know 
there's there's I can all right I can't cure my um, PCOS it's always going to be there but I can help relieve my symptoms and I can learn how to help relieve my symptoms and I remember crying to my um, therapist saying it's not my fault I've come to realize it's not my fault it's all because and she was like yeah it's not your fault and it's like that but this is why also I started the podcast because I don't want I look at my nieces I look at my little cousins and I think I don't want the next generation to go through what I've gone through. If there's someone in within the next generation that gets this diagnosis, I want it to be that they can go online and they could just find the information that they need to help themselves and know and also know that they're not alone. It's a very common thing. It's just not spoken about. On that note of feeling alone, when you found out at 17, I guess for a lot of people um when they're 17 things they might be worrying about could could even be like starting their period late it might be stuff like pubic hair it might be things like you know whether that boy likes me or not do you get what i mean things that i guess in hindsight are not that deep when you were dealing with finding out that you had pcos what was that experience like in navigating those sort of conversations with people around you that's the thing I, i i didn't navigate those conversations with people around me so there was not so it wasn't unknown thing I guess the only people that knew was like my mom my aunt and my dad and then one of my close friends and the only reason I think I was I'm trying to think if she got diagnosed before me or I got diagnosed before her but there was a friend that I knew that had a diagnosis of P, um, PCOS um, again she was clueless and again um, she couldn't help because we were both in, we didn't know. Um, so it's not that I had to navigate it. My way of navigating it is just not talking about it at that time and not saying anything and keeping all those kind of emotion, feelings, symptoms to myself. And I think that's where, not that where I went wrong, but um, I think I, I realise now in hindsight, if I had just spoken up about this more, um I guess it would have helped me come to terms with my symptoms or or something like that. So, yeah, I didn't really... uh, There was no navigating with friends and family because I kind of kept it hidden to myself, so... And I guess since starting your blog now and your podcast, is that something that's changed? Yeah, so I started... Well, the podcast... (laughs) Initially, when I started the podcast, the podcast was a secret. Literally, only my therapist and one of my close friends knew about it. And I guess as I started to talk more about PCOS and PCOS and I started to have like random conversations with people, I started to realise that it's way more common than you think it is. I did an um, article on um, Black Ballad in regards to um, P- uh, PCOS and I had people like my neighbour didn't know she had PCOS. She she came to me, she's like, I saw your thing. I didn't know you had PCOS. I was like, I didn't know you had PCOS. And so, like, friends from school and people, like, cousins and fa- even family members came to me and said, oh, I didn't know you, you had PCOS. I have PCOS too. So, um, yeah, ever since my podcast, yes, I've been more outspoken about it and more more comfortable speaking about it as well. Like, that's why I'm here today, to speak about it, to raise awareness. I'm more comfortable in letting people know about my diagnosis and what I go through and what it can lead to. I think it's quite ironic, actually, to hear that um, 
when you were 17, you obviously didn't say anything, which is, I think is a lot, a very understandable. I assume probably common for a lot of 17 year olds in your position at that time. But that the moment that you started talking about it, that it inspired and had like a ripple effect on so much conversation that you didn't even realize that so many people around you was in the same boat. And I think that's a, that's yeah, a real takeaway I mean, point already from this conversation for me to just think about when it comes to like certain things that people are going through or dealing with that maybe sometimes it is it is worth talking about them when it's a safe space when you feel ready because actually mm-hmm. the support you and help you need could literally be your neighbor as you said but you just don't know because you're maybe you've maybe attached stigmas to whatever it is or you feel like um that you're going to be judged for whatever it is do you know what i mean yeah and I, it's funny you say stigma because as you know coming from i'm from um a black caribbean culture and we don't talk about periods. We don't talk about we don't talk about um, fertility unless unless you're like you got you get pregnant unexpectedly or you're getting married and everyone's like, well, when 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 are you having children? When are you having children? None of that is none of that is discussed. Um, so how I would I, at seventeen, I didn't even know how to navigate a conversation about about my period anyway. So how was I going to navigate a conversation about there being cysts on my ovaries and I not being able may not be able to have children? Like I I didn't know how to navigate it. What are some of the the symptoms of PCOS? So there's like a plethora of symptoms. Every person is different. I just want to make that clear. But um, for, I'll use me as an example because it's easier because I know what my symptoms are or what I like to think I do. Um, so I have um. I have insulin resistance, so that means um, my body cannot process or make insulin insulin as well as the a next person that doesn't have um, PCOS. That is just because of the hormones, because PCOS is a hormone hormone hormonal metabolic issue um, and disorder. It's 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 told to you like it's gynecological because it assists on your ovaries and the doctors kind of focus on fertility, 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 and yes, that is important. But I think the big takeaway is that it's a hormonal issue and it's a chronic issue. It's not just a gynecological issue. So I have like um I have insulin resistance, which leads to me not being able to put on weight like it's nothing, like I can just spread weight on like bread on butter. And make it hard for me to lose weight because my hormones just want to hold on to my weight. Um, I have I can have hair loss, um, which is quite. It was it wasn't as daunting as I thought it would be, but it still is quite daunting. I still struggle with my hair loss, but I still I know how to overcome it. I know how to help with it. Um, I also have like dark patches on my skin, which is from the insulin resistance. I I am prone to having anxiety and depression and I have had um, two to three stints of anxiety and depression. I also, some people with PCOS have herterism, which is basically where they grow facial hair. So like how a man would grow like facial hair on his face and on his chest, on um, nipples and bum. Um, some people with PCOS um, do have that symptom and do deal with those symptoms. Another another one that I just learned recently was um, dry eyes. You could really have really bad, like, dry eyes 
when you have PCOS. Um, it's it's a lot, basically. It's a no, lot of it um, is. And I think, you... and I think what, what I find hard about just, I guess, navigating health in general is that when you Google stuff, you feel like you're dying or you feel like your 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 um concerns are attributed to like 101 mm. different things and i feel mm. like with me for a number of the symptoms that you said mm. they were my concerns and that's why i was like convinced i had PCOS. so i developed irregular periods i went through a lot of like tests mm. for about a year going back and forth with the hospital getting the ultrasounds done the camera one that like, i went back and forth for ages and when I eventually started Googling by myself and thought I had PCOS, I got that sense of peace that you were describing. And I thought, okay, yes, mm. it's probably this because I've also got issues with my sleep and that's part of it sometimes. And I also already have anxiety. Yeah, so I was like, this is it. Yeah. It makes sense. I can. I, my only issue at that point was like, what am I going to do about children? But I was like, let me just figure it out. Let me talk to someone first and then we'll see what happens. And then I went to the doctors mm. and I got um, the hormone imbalance test done. And they were like, they had to, I think they said they were yeah. checking if I had too much testosterone in my body. But they'd done all of that and it yeah. was fine. And they were like, okay, yeah, you haven't got it. But I've just found this whole process um, quite overwhelming because at that point when they, did, when they did that test, they were like, no, you definitely don't have it. But prior to that, I was told that they could see, but I was told by a nurse that she could see cysts on my ovaries and then they like disappeared. And it's like all of these, all of these, things that I'm told from the different doctors was just overwhelming because it was like, have I got cysts or have I not? Like, what's going on? The, the first yeah, doctor didn't communicate yeah, that cysts yeah. could go away. Like, why why was I not communicated this at the start? So like, with your own experience of yeah. navigating this, have you ever felt at any point like overwhelmed or confused by all the different information available? I think, yes, I have. I think when I first started to learn, because I was very... Because I didn't know that all my symptoms derive from PCOS, when I go to the doctors and I say, oh, I'm having problems losing weight, they're not not kind of um, linking it to PCOS. They're linking it to me and me just being lazy. And I think when I go to the doctors, like you said, when when they're saying that, you know, cysts can disappear, cysts can burst, um, and sometimes you don't have to have cysts on your ovaries, to know that you have PCOS on and vice versa. And I think it's because there's no research behind it, and there's not not no research, that's a lie. Because there's not a lot of research behind it, it's like you're stuck in like, oh yeah, you do, oh no, you don't, oh yeah, you do, oh no, you don't. And the it, it and the diagnosis kind of depends on which doctor you have on that day and what that doctor knows about PCOS on that day. Because some doctors, they don't know that much because, like I said, it's not spoken about enough. Um, some doctors know enough because they're trying to, like, research it and know more about it. And I think I totally understand when um, you said that how you had your blood test and your blood test said, well, you're not um, you're not high in t- testosterone, um, but you have cysts in your ovaries. It seems like all your symptoms you have, like you said, when you Googled it, co- coincide with PCOS and yet still you're not you haven't got that diagnosis so you're still in like um, a cloud of confusion basically a cloud of confusion not knowing well what's going on and I think it's 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 sad because it's you're not the only person to go through that and I think especially like with people with endometriosis they take it takes them years it takes them ages to get diagnosed my my story is not complicit with 
the average PCOS story. It seems like my diagnosis was quite was quite straightforward, whereas the plethora of stories I've heard and the common stories that I've heard from people are in the same boat as you, and it's not so easy. It's not so straightforward. There's always this back backwards and forwards with people, and um and going to different doctors and getting referred here, there and everywhere. And I just think, just make it a straightforward process. Just, just either have your test, have your um, exam. Fair enough. I think if there was just more research behind this whole thing, people will have a much more clearer head and like, like me and you have both been saying, more peace of mind. Because that's really what, that's really what I think, most people want out of this um this this kind of process it's just a peace of mind knowing what's going on because you go into the doctor and saying i'm putting on weight the doctor's just thinking you're lazy and fat go and exercise you um the doctor saying you're pre-diabetic you need to stop um eating so much sugary foods not knowing okay i've got insulin resistance I'm kind of prone to wanting sugary foods because there's like this like cra- chemical craving in my head that just leads me to want sh- sugary foods. Um, the irregular periods. Oh, you know, maybe you're just stressed. Like when you go to the doctors, I don't know if, if it's just me, but or when you go to the doctors and you say, oh, I'm having irregular periods, maybe you're just stressed. No, can you please look into it and like let me know what's going on. Maybe, yeah, okay, maybe I am stressed, but at least let me have a diagnosis to say, okay, it's all clear. Maybe you are just stressed or maybe it is actually something else. I think it's. I think it also leads to doctors, I'm sure, as you know, doctors dismissing black women. Um, as I'm a black person, doctors have dismissed me loads of times. I think the only time I haven't been dismissed is when I got diagnosed and where, where that doctor took it seriously. But... I've learned from like the PCOS community of how to advocate for myself and how to speak to my doctor. My tip is write down everything in sense of like the symptoms that you're having. How often are they? Come prepared. If it's got to do with your period, have your period app ready to have say like how often um you're bleeding, how heavy is the bleeding, are there any clots? Um when was your last period? How long did that last for? Do you know what? I actually think that's a really good idea. Not even just for PCOS, just for health in general. For example, yeah, I found out that I had um, premenstrual depression. Um, but the only reason why the doctor was able to even be aware of that, of that was because they asked me to keep a log. From that experience, I was then able to see that, okay, cool. Keeping a log for anything health related is really useful because I was able to just get a swift... Mm a swift understanding of what the issue was and now moving forward i yeah. always do that so if i've noticed any changes in my body or anything like that i'll make a note of what the change was when the date was and i'll email it to myself and put a subject as health and then maybe in a year's time i have the same issue and i can go back in and just type in health and then find whatever the issue was do you yeah. get what i mean but i do yeah. think that keeping That's a log really is really useful um just to keep on track because sometimes you go to the doctors you wait four weeks for your appointment you get in there your doctor's an hour and a half late the receptionist has been rude to you you've had to call your mum to cut off the receptionist because Mm. you're so mad and vexed by the time you get in there you don't even have the capacity to remember what on earth you went there for so you forget and the guy's like exactly oh you're having migraines how often are they and you're like bro i don't even know i want to go home now like do you get what i mean like yeah i do think of, of um 
keeping a diary is really useful. But something I wanted to ask you, particularly because we are black women, and I know we're not all the same, but how do you navigate then, if you experience these symptoms, things like hair loss and weight gain? Because I feel like they're so important to... Like, hair is really important, I think, for black women in general. I feel like it's really important to us. It's literally, like, the crown on our heads. So, with my hair loss, to, to, be, to, complete, to be completely honest... I haven't navigated it because I haven't gone to my doctors for those symptoms. It seems like when the only reason why I know that my weight gain and my hair loss is contributes to PCOS now is because of the internet. Whereas if I had gone to my doctor for my weight loss issues, my doctor would have just said, go and lose weight. And I would have taken it and gone and lost weight and tried to go and lose weight. And I don't think I've navigated that excessive weight gain with my doctor I can't say that I've completely advocated for myself in regards to that um in regards to my hair loss it's funny you say um your hair is your crown because my my episode about my hair is called crown and glory so um (laughs) yeah so with in regards to my hair you know what it's been it's been kept to myself I'll be honest because it's not something you want to talk about it's not something you say, oh, doctor, I'm losing a lot of hair. Like, I don't know. At that time, I was very, I'll just say, it's, I'm being honest, I was embarrassed because I'm losing this hair. I don't know why. And if I go to the doctor, how am I going to explain without crying my eyes out that I'm losing my hair? And I, I don't know why I'm losing my I don't know why I've got thin hair. Since, like, knowing about PCOS and knowing how to advocate for myself, I haven't gone to the doctor about my um, my hair loss because um, since learning about it, it's kind of diminished. So I've kind of um, done stuff to help me with my hair loss. But um, I know that if I wanted to go to my doctor, I literally would say, I'm losing a lot of hair. Like I said, you you know, you've got a plan, you've got to back up what you say. So I'm losing a lot of hair. I'll take pictures say this is how much hair I'm losing, how often I comb my hair, how often, um, what's my hair feeling like, and maybe they'll um, refer me to a, is it called a trichologist? Um, That's the person, that's a doctor who specialises with hair follicles and so forth, but. I'm still thinking about what you said earlier on today in regards to um, your diagnosis experience being different from a lot of people. Because I read an article earlier this week in The Telegraph where they were talking about, um, there was a girl, I think she was a white girl, and she was talking about the fact that she thinks PCOS is like a hidden a hidden condition and that's why it takes so long to be diagnosed. Mm-hmm. So in your experience of talking to different women on your, on your platform and on your podcast, do you think that um, when it comes to diagno- being diagnosed, that there's a lack of education coming from like, the healthcare system almost to be able to diagnose it quicker yes completely um we call it what do we call it in this the, the community it's called a hidden it's actually got a word like we call it a hidden a hidden syndrome or something like that because you look at me and you just think oh okay well she's just fat that's literally what you would think but no actually i've got this actual kind of chronic syndrome that affects my whole body and you looking at me you're not going to see that and I think that the big thing is is the research and the healthcare and the 
and the healthcare system not understanding what PCOS actually is. There's not there's not enough research behind PCOS, and therefore the doctors don't know that much about the PCOS because the doctors go on research, right? So when I'm speaking to people um, on my podcast and just it's literally on my page. Um, and I'm having conversations, they're saying, yeah, my doctor doesn't even know what P- um, PCOS is. My doctor doesn't know this. I've got a um, a lady, she has um, PCOS, and she's also a GP, general practitioner. And she said that she has women coming to her saying, I don't know how to talk to my doctor about this. And she finds, like, research articles, medical research articles and sends it to them so they can show their doctor so the doctors can then know how to navigate it it's like why should we have that's really bad but it's like why should we we have to that's how we have to go through it so the doctor's got pcos the doctor's a general practitioner someone comes to her and says i don't know how to talk to my doctor and she will print she will send links to certain medical pages and show them to say, well, you could show this to your doctor and maybe then your doctor could look at your records and kind of think of a plan for you. I think also that's another thing. I think being stringent in what you say, I'm going back to um, what you said with um, advising, what would you say when you're sitting in front of doctors? Be stringent in when you are talking to them. Don't let them just fob you off. Don't be like, like, you know, be angry about it, but like, just have the conversation with, okay, so what's the treatment plan going to be? What's my, how are we going to go through this process? What's the next, what's the next point we're going to do? What are we going to do after that? Write everything down. So you know that for sure that this is, this is going to be your treatment plan. Um, because like I said, if you have things written down and you can go back to your doctor and say, yes, I had this on this date. Yes. Where is the answer to this? This is that, any other. Anyway, going back to having the conversation with people within the community. The people within the community seem to have found more strength finding information on on the internet and then going back to their doctors, which is kind of dangerous because doctors already know that there's a lot of gobbledygook on the internet. So when you go back to the doctors and you say, oh, um, I, I searched online and I found this, the doctor's already immediately going to fob you off. That happened to me. I went to the doctors and I said, um, this, that, and the other. And the doctor's like, did you go on Dr. Google? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I didn't spend 12 years in medical school for you to just be going on Dr. Google. Can you imagine? That's so disheartening, though, because it's like, if I didn't go on Dr. Dr. Google, I might not have been here now, sir. So your 12 years of medical yeah. school, whilst I respect that, it actually is not contributing towards me finding a diagnosis right now. So what do we do now? Are we both going to beef Dr. Google? Yeah. What, what, what What's going to happen here? Because the, the main thing is I talk to American people and although it's hard for them to have a diagnosis, you know, because they're paying for their medical care because it's like health insurance, right? So because they're paying for their medical care, they don't have to so as so much to fight to even see a gynecologist they have yearly checks with their gynae i've never known such a thing they're talking to their endocrinologist that's the person who actually deals with hormones and really would know more about pcos than the average gynecologist like we have to fight to see a gynecologist let alone an endocrinologist i don't think anyone in this in the uk 
in in the community, I think there's a minimum amount of people that have actually seen an endocrinologist because we have to deal with public health. We have to deal with public funds. I mean, you can go private, but I guess it depends on the fees you have. But um, I mean, like the, ma- the amount of money you have. But before we wrap, it, it's something I really wanted to touch on. Um, so earlier on, when you were talking about your experience of being 17, something that came to you was about like the future and like being able to have kids and things like that. So when it has come to you and your experience of dating, how have you navigated those sort of conversations? <laughs> I haven't navigated it, I'll be honest. Um, I what, have, you just, have you just like avoided it entirely? Yeah, literally, because at the time, well, I wasn't really taking it seriously. So there was no need to have that conversation. I think I haven't, yeah, I haven't navigated because I think when I get into a serious relationship right now, I'll know how to navigate it. I'll be straight up and if it, if, and whatever will be, will be. That's what's in my mind. But at the time, when I was having relationships, I was very... Um, the way I didn't talk about P- PCOS with family and friends is the way I didn't talk about PCOS with my relationships. It was never a conversation. And I guess it's one of those things that it just... It comes with stages, isn't it? You're not going to meet someone yeah. on the first date and be like, by the way, I want to let you know, yeah. I have got PCOS and it might mean that... Because it's like, it's, I guess it's the same in the way when it comes to like having anxiety or, or depression, like I might, I don't need to tell you on the first day that I, I have these challenges or I experience these things, but there'll be a, there'll come, there'll come a time when it's important for the other person to know. And I guess it, it's an expectation on their hand to know that level of intimacy about you, isn't it? Yeah, I never let relationships get that serious for me to actually have that conversation. Like when you look back now, do you see a pattern of where things start oh, yeah. to get serious and then you just end 100%, 100%. it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I see. I can see the pattern where oh, I started to get serious. Oh, let me back up. Like my last relationship, literally, it started to get serious. Um, I was, it was depression, and I was going through depression and anxiety, and I thought, oh my god, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna just? I just had to let it go because in my mind, in my mind at that time you can't get what you want from me so I'd rather let you go and find that person which is really sad because it's like it makes you kind of because it makes you kind of feel unworthy but to be honest now I've like learned more about myself now that I know more about myself I am more than worthy so do you feel like in the last year since you've started your platform and stuff that it's almost given you like a massive transformation into accepting this part of your life and being able to move forward with it yeah, that and therapy has 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 definitely helped me come to terms. And for anyone who who may be listening, and they themselves have PCOS, or they might listen to this and then be like, "Okay, cool. I'm a, I've noticed some symptoms here. I'm gonna get checked out." And they realise they have PCOS, or anyone who's listening, they know friends that they've got P- that that might have PCOS or anything like that. What advice do you have for providing support for someone who has PCOS? part one lol and then what advice do you have for um seeking support in a community for someone who has PCOS and feels alone okay so in regards to the the person that's first diagnosed with PCOS is research really I know the internet is like Dr Google and the doctors hate Dr Google but there is really some valuable information out there um you've got a charity here in the UK called Verity who um, are basically the UK's PCOS and PCOS um, 
charity and they provide a lot of information about PCOS, how to navigate it, how to even advocate your, for yourself when you're talking to your doctor. And the community, there's a community, if you just, even if you just put in PCOS in your, um, in your phone, like on Instagram, you'll see a plethora of pages that come up. I will just warn people to kind of really be careful in the the information that you're given because because there's a lack of research in regards to PCOS people on there are people on there that will just sell you a dream and say that they could um let's say I've seen people say I could I can um, remedy your PCOS I can get rid of your PCOS I can cure your PCOS don't honestly don't fall for that just do your research, find out, find out, write down what your symptoms are and do your research in regards to those symptoms and see what works best for you. But I wouldn't just like for first instance, like I even say this in my podcast, I wouldn't for first instance follow a coach. They usually have these PCOS coaches that can coach you through your symptoms and so forth. Do you first, and if you do need to help, have more help, or you need to pay for someone to help you, then so be it. Do what you have to do, but really research yourself because every person is different. Me and you are not the same. Me and you can have totally different symptoms and still be diagnosed with PCOS, and yet still my body can react differently to something, whereas your body would be fine with it. It's all about looking. It's unfortunately you have to be your own test buddy because again. There's not a lot of research behind. Just just be careful in what you're reading. That's what I would say. And in regards to community, I the Instagram community, and they call it the sisterhood, um, C-Y-S-T-E-R-H-O-O-D, that is the main community in regards to people with PCOS. And that's where you will find people like yourself. Um, there's also the Sisters Network, which is an actual charity um, that is for people of colour who have um, PCOS or endometriosis or any kind of, well, I'll say it now, but gynecological, I'm saying it with my um, my speech marks, like um, conditions where they provide support and they can signpost you to other pages that will give you, like, verified information. So thank you, June, for joining us on the podcast. I hope that people listening We'll take nuggets from this conversation. We'll listen out for some of the symptoms that you mentioned. Although, as you said, they're not exclusive. I hope that they'll be able to support other people that they know they've got it a bit better and it will just maybe motivate them or give them that like step to be able to check their lady bits and see what's going on. That's what I really want, just people to kind of hear this episode and just think, hmm, maybe I need to go to to the doctor and that's the first step in just because you can't it might not even be pcos it might be something else but as long as you've made that first step that's all that's all that's all i want <laughs> um let us know how we can connect with you online you can follow me on black broken anxious podcast on instagram i also have um my podcast is also on apple spotify all your major streaming channels except amazon and yeah you could also follow my facebook page black broken anxious and that's how you can get in touch with me thanks for listening guys don't forget to like share and subscribe and um share this podcast with someone else that you think might benefit 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.